Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. And again, I'm speaking with James Bolton, counterinsurgency expert uh, who deals on a regular basis with hostile political environments. We're at level one applications Four primary actions. Number one, seek the Lord. Number two, noncompliance. Number three, engage and enlist. We've discussed those. Number four, activate OP1775. And that is where the real work begins. Right. So tell us, what is OP Operation 1775? What do we do? Okay, that is basically serves as the introduction for level one, section two, which is basically a brief uh, counterintelligence um, operations training. And it actually, of course, I'm going to discuss actual things that we really need to be doing. And so, but as far as activating um, number four, um, we want to, we need to be developing an intelligence, counterintelligence capacity. Now, you tell people that, and it kind of scares them. Like, oh, this is cloak and dagger. Well, yes and no. It doesn't have to be. But because mainly what takes place in most of these operations around the world, no matter what people see on the movies and what they think, is most of it's based on political leverage. They're, they're always they're – always, I can say that with pretty good authority. They're always leverage operations. And anyone can learn to do that. Um, and the purpose of that is to strengthen your center of gravity. And what your center of gravity is basically what gives you the capacity to be successful. And our founders in 1775, they understood that they were getting ready to fight the world. At that time, the world's greatest power. The manpower um, comparison was on average on the American soil from time to time was six to one, six British troops for every one American troop. Okay. Let me say this. And I think this will help people get a little bit of a more strategic mindset. What would you do if you had a situation outside your home, a lethal, a building lethal situation outside your home, and there were six armed intruders on your property and there was just one of you and there was no one you could call to help you. Now, can you imagine being in a situation like that? That is not a good situation. So this was the situation that our founders found themselves in. They weren't fools. These were brilliant men. They understood that some very interesting and, and 
I should say, um, inventive things were going to have to take place in order for them to gain the capacity to defeat Great Britain. And that's why they developed the first counterintelligence service, because they knew that was going to be um, primary to preparing to go to war with Great Britain. Um, in 1775 there, the men who enjoined themselves in these efforts were not professionals at this, but they quickly adapted to what we could call discretionary political actions. What they did on August 14, 1775 in, in Bermuda was something they had never – none of them had ever attempted before. And they had to be so secretive about it and so skillful about it as not to have the British find out what they were doing, because they certainly would have uh, – the British would have tried to uh, thwart their movement there. So there's many lessons to be learned from that. But the CIA, the counterintelligence operation dynamic is the perfect tool for our situation and greater condition today. It really is. It's the perfect tool, and it's based on political leverage. And political leverage is much more than people think. Well, that would bring us to the actual practical side of this. And so the first thing I would want to do, Dr. Dan, is explain to people what political leverage is. It is – political leverage is basically intelligent counter-social political action based on positive objectives. Now, every word and every phrase I'm going to use here, if someone's taking notes, is important. Positive, object, positive objectives is an actual counterintelligence military term, and it signifies objectives carried out with effect toward desired outcome. So now let's put that in practical terms today. You think about all the actions that the various groups around our country have taken over the years, especially like the Tea Party and other people who realized that, hey, guys, something's wrong in America. This is way back, you know, and people are still realizing something's wrong. We know there are socialists here. We know the policies are becoming very unconstitutional, very un-American. We know there's a lot of corruption. But when you consider the the facts and the threats that even at that time that people were aware of, what kind of actions were carried out to stop these things? Oh, we're going to vote the right person in. Now, think about that. That was the predominant thinking. Okay. Now, let me, let me, I'm going to explain what I'm going to say here, but nothing has changed between now and then. I'm going to qualify that. Nothing has changed between now and then except the intensity of the conflict. I hope we would all agree on that. The same actors are still at work, and you've defined a lot of the actors, Dr. Dan. So, still the same actors. They're more out in the open now. In fact, it's very blatant now. It's extremely blatant. Um, anyone who wants to see it can. So nothing's changed. So in order to now, what what has happened is they have simply escalated their activities. They're in a position now of greater power. They've had more infiltrations. We've got Islamist and ad- admitted communist and admitted socialist in every single federal administration, in every agency, in every state agency. Many of our governors are talking about practical socialism outwardly and openly. Some of them are even close to being communist. Possibly I've heard the uh, California governor accused of being a communist. We see that now. It's it's obvious. So nothing has changed except they have escalated their program. They have moved into a crisis environment now. 
They, they believe they have measured the American apathy. They have tested the waters. And I don't want people to know that every day they are measuring you. They are testing you. They are measuring your activity, your mentalities, what you're saying, um, how you're responding, how you're reacting to things to see how fast can we push this? How, what's, can we take the next step? Now, that, that should be pretty sobering for us. Um, we, we need to understand that this is real. We're in a real war here. And, and these things are happening day by day by day. It's an active situation. It's really happening. And I, I shouldn't have to say that too many times, but I'm afraid a lot of people still haven't grasped the reality and the gravity of the situation. So the breakdown here is, if you want to see any level of victory in our present hostile political environment, and especially the destruction of our republic and personal liberty, then we have to commit to objectives that align with the preservation of our constitutional system, Christian-centered traditions, and our general way of life. Um, if we're not willing to do that, how can we expect anything to turn around? So you have a situation of complacency, uh, but what I'm really looking for again is the practical, in, in a short form, the, the the practical things. What do we do now? If I if I seek the Lord, I personally am non-compliant. I'm engaging and I'm enlisting friends, neighbors, and whatever. What am I going to do? What is the next step? What am I enlisting them to do? What am I, am I engaging them to do? Uh, that's what I need to know. And I need to know it from you in a succinct way. What do we do? I've, I've done your things. I've done level one application. What do I do now? Okay, that, that's moving on into section two of the CI Ops. Okay, I wanted to explain what political leverage was, okay? So there are two there are two fronts. This is where we get into the practical side of it. There are two fronts of political leverage. The one that is directly neg negatively against the enemies and positively against the public. Now, some people hear that and they think, well, what do we want to do against the public? Well, I'll explain it. So directly and negatively against the enemy. To do this, you need to be you need to be bias free. That's one of our big problems, Dr. Dan, is when we go to step out here and apply the, uh, a practical application, we've got to be bias free because some of the people and organizations we're dealing with are people who we think sometimes are on our side. Let's, let's just take, for example, elected servants like yourself. You happen to be the right kind of elected servant. However, we have many legislators here in Washington State who sit by and watch businesses be destroyed and did absolutely nothing. And I'm, I'm going to suggest what needs to be done about that. That's part of this. That's part of our political leverage uh, scenario. That's part of our CI ops is to engage in an application that deals with that problem. In fact, our counterintelligence agents do that all the time in other countries, and they change political situations completely by doing these things. So, and, and I would say, preceding this, that if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. And I, and I want to be very direct about this because it, it's time to quit playing games. I think you're you're kind of pushing that idea, and I agree with you. Um, it's 
it's time to stop messing around, so to speak. So if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. There's no middle ground here anywhere. There, there isn't. So primarily these actions are based against the center of gravity or the ability to incapacitate your adversary. Now, I'm going to, I'm going to deal with that as an individual thing. But so directly and negatively against the enemy, you've got to know who your enemy is. Are you willing as an individual, this is so important, are you willing to look at one of your legislators? They may be in the Republican Party, okay, and you're a Republican. Are you willing to look at them and and evaluate them and question them on their their service during this COVID um, operation, I could call it? And why didn't they call a special session? In our in our respect, that's what we're doing here. Why didn't they call a special session? Why didn't they step up to the plate and challenge the governor on his constitutional violations? None of them did. None of them did. So they they stand up, and they're afraid to do so. Uh, I'm trying to get at a practical a practical list of things to accomplish so that we can move forward. Uh, well, that, I'm, I'm getting to that. <laughs> but there's always groundwork. I mean, if I gave somebody a list, Dr. Dan, of one, two, three, four, this is what you need to be doing, would they know how to do it? Would, would, would they know the, the mentalities involved and, and the tradecrafts involved to actually accomplish it? And I know you can't teach two years of training in one radio program. I know you understand that. But uh, so this is very condensed. I think you'll understand where I'm going with this. And it'll. I think it's going to give you what you're asking for um, as I get deeper. There's there's plenty of it here. I don't know how long we have. but And uh, I believe that we can formulate some practical attacks against the counterattacks, we should call it, against what's taking place. One thing we need to be asking ourselves is we have an adversary out here. What's their center gravity? Because that's the way in professional circles, that's the way we attack the problems. We find their center gravity. And what that means is what gives them the capacity to act against you. In, in America, obviously, it's position bias, the, their elected status, their agency or their positions, and people trust what they say. Information dominance, their ability to proliferate the information streams um, with all these anti-American narratives, and which empowers the actual communist, socialists, and Islamists that are working to destroy our country. Um, our perceived authority and public ignorance, both history and all these collaborations that are taking place against us, the lack of understanding that people retain all political power. So with that in mind, there, there are immediate things that we need to do. One of those things, and I think is paramount to set a precedent, is we need to be involved in massive recall of elected servants who have basically just manned the bench, so to speak. They've just been sitting on the bench watching this, these things take place. That, that is one of the first and paramount things to take place, and it's very doable. Most people don't work very hard when it comes to recalls, but it, it can be done. We've had a successful recall here in, in Washington State, and I, I believe we're going to have some more now because there are a lot of business owners and other people who are 
enraged about what's taking place, and they want to remove these people. And that's why I talked about not being biased. You can't be biased about the about your Republican Party or your Republican candidates when they haven't done anything to protect you from these malicious activities that have taken place. So you've got, number one, to attack that center gravity. The center gravity there is the fact that these elected servants are willing to play along with the enemy, whether willingly or ignorantly, doesn't matter. You can't be biased about it. They, you have to be more professional about it. You need to set a precedence. These people need to come out of office. It takes a lot of work, but if people are willing to work to do that, then you can accomplish much greater things than that. And these are political leverages. That's a political leverage. If you accomplish even one of those, you've, you've bought yourself a load of political leverage. Um, it's pretty typical for counterintelligence agents in other countries to move people in and out of offices in order to accomplish the goals they want to accomplish. And that's one that's one very important thing that needs to be done. The other another item is realizing that information dominance points to us exactly who one of the major enemies that we're facing are, and that is the media. What are we doing in our local area to thwart the ploys of, of these of these media outlets? And I have to be real careful um when I talk about this, because there's several levels of this, and we need to be putting much leverage on local media outlets in our local areas, and at least to mitigate the uh, information dominance that's taking place. And we, that's started to happen here. There are people putting pressure on the media outlets. And there's even been some threats, um, some some actual uh, lethal threats against uh, some media personalities because of their disloyalty to the public and, and to this nation. I think people can be creative with this, but that's that's another little operation that needs to take place. You need to pull people together and put some major leverage on these people and that are running these media outlets and gain more control of the information dispersion in your area. That's a major operation that counterintelligence agents use all the time in foreign countries. And I believe, Dr. Dan, you talked about that at the very beginning, about the committees of correspondence and the ways to communicate. And that is absolutely paramount for us if we're going to build any kind of major resistance against what's taking place. So those are the first two major things that need to take place until you set a precedent of standing against delinquent servants, everything else is pretty mute after that, because if you're not willing to remove people from office who didn't stand up for you, how are you even going to stand up against greater forces? We've been speaking with James Bolton, a noted expert in counterinsurgency. And in terms of our current situation, we are now in our country becoming the insurgents against a government that is now out of our control and intent on on harming us, uh, taking away our rights and our liberties. And two of the important concepts that uh, James Bolden has, has emphasized is try to start recalling elected officials who are not who are not protecting us, who are not protecting our rights. And an important point is. Once you are successful with the first one, that gives you leverage uh, for the next one. And the second thing is to fight media bias by starting locally, because uh, local people read local newspapers and listen to local radio stations more, uh, more and more, and they get a lot of their news there. 
And so you can have an awful lot of a uh, positive effect and, and be a, and be successful in what you do by acting locally. And I think that comes down, James, to really one of the most important things. The most important message here is that we all have to not only get off the sofa, but the way to get off the sofa is to become engaged locally, because that's where you are most likely to be able to have uh, your best effect. It's been a pleasure, James Bolden, speaking with you about these issues that we're facing in our country, and I greatly appreciate you being a guest on Freedom Forum Radio. Thank you, Dr. Dan. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. We'll be all right this morning. <laughs>